You were called to make the world brighter, to run on the front lines, to cast vision where it had not yet landed. You were not gifted to be a random burst of energy, but a consistent force that enables the world to hear beauty, see potential, and write stories in a way that points the world to Jesus. Provoke and inspire. I start every podcast the same way. Well, all right. Welcome to the uh, Provoke and Inspire podcast. Uh, today is a bit of a unique day uh, because we are going to dedicate this entire podcast to answering uh, your questions, uh, the questions that have come in. Um, but also, we're going to be looking at some just general FAQs that are in the back of David's book, Revolutionary. Um, so it'll be a little bit more uh, from topic to topic, but I think that could be interesting because um, it helps us cover more things quickly. So uh, hopefully this will be encouraging for you. Uh, but first, how's everybody doing? Great. But I heard Chad's oh. not doing very good. He's like, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's no, like, I'm, like I'm, the walking I'm just, dead. You yeah, said you're I'm like, kind of... I woke up just feeling like something's way wrong physically. Like I've just, my body's aching and weak and I'm beginning to wonder whether I'm just getting old. Are you trembling? trembling? No, I'm not trembling. It's not a fear and trembling kind of thing. I think it's just a virus kind of deal. Oh, well. Hey, Chad, how how old are you now, Chad? How old are you? Oh, man, for the podcast? I am am perpetually 29 years old. It's great. (laughs) Wow. When I when I worked with some of the bands back in the day, I felt like anytime we would ask their age, it would always be under thirty. You know, because we were concerned that over thirty would mean something bad. Apparently, I'm actually quite proud to say I'm forty two years old, Luke. 42. Wow, that that is a little bit old, I guess. Yeah, it's getting there. Yeah, I've lived. I've had some great great times. So well, you're wise indeed, and we appreciate that. So yeah, yeah. thanks. Everyone, sorry, it's not my better days. So other than the flu. And the fact that you're 42 rhyme unintended. <laughs> uh, I'm glad to hear that everyone else is okay. And uh, I'm just going to launch right into the questions because uh, we have a lot to get through. So uh, this first question comes from at Raven Hill Music. And uh, it states this or it asks this. As a rock band, how do you access the Holy Spirit on stage while keeping it authentic? So who wants to tackle that guy? I'm I'm not really sure what he means by keeping it authentic, um, but I think the way that that I notice more of the Holy Spirit on stage is what I'm doing before the show. I think it's really critical that you spend time where you can be quiet and really prepare yourself spiritually bef- before. That's why I think uh, one of the things that we've learned when we're on tour is is uh, when you get to a venue, the first thing you need to do is get together with your band. And spend a good amount of time just praying together and preparing yourself before you start setting up for the sound check. Uh, if you start to set up for the sound check right away, normally you you end up with with uh, with the stress of all of that, and you don't have time to get re- yourself really prepared uh, and spiritually in tune before you start the show. So I think that's when that is a big piece. I think to having the Holy Spirit on stage when you play. Yeah, I would contribute to that, David, and just just by saying that uh, it's really vital to invite the Holy Spirit, which is really what David, what, what I hear you saying, to invite the Holy Spirit into the performance and into the the hearts of those who are there to to draw them to Jesus, to help them understand who He is and to see uh, His glory and His beauty. And uh, I think that 
that that just that just from what I've seen with No Longer Music and and how I would contrast my experience with them, which are which are a rock band that are very focused on the gospel versus having worked with many rock bands that were not focused on the gospel uh, or at least not not exclusively. The main difference, I would say, is that, is that in one case, there is serious commitment to going to Jesus and knowing that apart from Jesus, the show will not be what it was meant to be, and it will not carry the kind of fruit. It won't, be, it won't deliver in the way that Jesus uh, would be made famous through in, in comparison. So hopefully that helps, but I think just giving the Holy yeah. Spirit space and making time for Him. All that, and then lots of rock and roll and rolling around on the stage and stage dives. That helps a lot, too. <laughs> yeah, that's actually what we meant to say. Uh, yeah. Right. All right. And the, uh, the next question uh, we have is at Forever Thine FT. So I'm not entirely sure what that means. But the question is, do you guys see a place in the modern worship service for a wider range of spiritual honesty, and then it has in brackets, David's laments in the Psalms, etc. Well, I think for the, for, for what you're doing to, to touch people, it needs to be honest. I think that, uh, so yes, I would say for sure, we need to be honest and communicate our feelings. I just think that we talked about this uh, in an earlier podcast, but need to tell the whole story, not just tell half the story. And so, how Jesus is the answer. He's the one who delivers us from the things that we're experiencing, what we're going through. And you'll see that in the Psalms as well. David will, will talk about his struggles, but then he'll talk later about how, how God came and delivered him from his struggles. So I think it's We should be honest about our struggles and our, the things that we're experiencing, but it's important that we show there is an answer to those things. That's what I think. Yeah. And I mean, this, this maybe is something we didn't get into a ton of depth on last time, but, you know, obviously there's a place for accountability. There needs to be accountability in an authentic Christian community where we're honest with a brother or sister about what we're really uh, going through. Um, but maybe we could go into that a little deeper. What is that place? Is the place for that in a public display, it, you know, through your art, music, videos, painting, whatever? I mean, where's the line there? Because do we really bear all of our flaws, all of our sins, everything that we're going through, not is it not because we want to hide it, but is that really the place? Do you guys have any thoughts on that? It's probably a case-by-case basis that the leadership of the church would have to determine whether or not it was a thing of the Spirit. You know, I feel like oftentimes uh, what the, something I've learned the hard way in ministering publicly is an honoring leadership. And early on when I when I began speaking more publicly and sharing more publicly, I didn't really think to consider the leadership, the elders, the pastors, the deacons, whoever whoever are in authority over an event or over a church to say, "Hey, this is what I feel the Holy Spirit's putting on my heart for right now and where I think we ought to go." And uh and in back in my college days, I I remember like we had some really really powerful uh, times of confession that were both re- insanely deep, transparent, honest, moving, and also kind of awkward and weird and like, man, should we, should we be splitting up in groups? And so I think that um, the Lord did teach me a lot through that experience. And then, and then more recently, just, just involving others and saying, hey, this is what we're, 
we feel may may be a really great thing right now. What do you, you know, pastor or elders? What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think also it's really important to think about what the um, what's what's the the point, especially when it's in a community setting and it's with everybody. Um, thinking, I guess, really praying and saying, God, what do you want me to share? What what is it that um, would be edifying or blessing to the others that are, that are there that day? And I guess it's similar to like how Paul deals with some of the um, gifts of the Spirit when he discusses it in the letters and. And uh, he says, you know, you need to make sure that what you're sharing or what the gifts of the Spirit are is edifying to the church. And it's not, um, you know, I guess sometimes we end up doing stuff that's that's more about us or about how we feel. And I think that in community, when we're in community worship, it's really important to think about that. How can I edify other people? And is what I'm going to share really going to bless and edify or teach um, and make sure that I'm praying that through before I share something? I think it's really important. That's, that's different if you're, we're talking now a lot about, the context of being in a, in a church setting or meeting, it's different when you're in a secular venue, when you're in a club. Uh, yeah, what do you guys definitely. think about that? Cause that's a completely different thing than if you're talking about in a, in a church. So what do you, so if you're in a normal venue, a normal club, uh, how do you, I think is, I think maybe the question was how honest should you, should you be about your struggles in your art, your music, mm-hmm out in the, in the normal setting, in a normal club? Mm-hmm. And well, how, do you, how, how do you do that? Well, I think it doesn't it really come back to relationship. I mean, even in a, in a non-Christian or, you know, a secular way, I mean, really, you, you are vulnerable and share. I think the better way to do that is in real relationship. And so to kind of parade that um, in front of people that you don't really know, I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily being honest. I mean, that's not to say that you don't, you don't, you know, you, you're clear that, look, I'm not perfect. I have struggles. I, God saved me. I needed the cross as much as you. This isn't about me not needing this and sharing it with you, but isn't it just about relationship? I mean, maybe in a, in a more intimate one-on-one, one-on-one sense, but, but I don't know. I, I struggle with the idea that from the stage, it's glorifying somehow to be, to say, here are all the specifics of the things I'm struggling with. But at the same time, your, your communication is going to be much more powerful if you're talking about how you had real struggles like your audience, and this is how Jesus came and, and delivered you from them. And so I think there is a point to, to in the right way, sharing how we have, what we've gone through, the, the kinds of struggles we've experienced, the things maybe we're struggling with now and in, in the, and how, how our faith is authentic and it really does bring answers to those struggles. Wouldn't you yeah, agree with that? A, that's just testimony really, isn't it? I mean, but again, yeah. that, that gets back to what you keep saying, which is that there's gotta be the redemption, you know, like, yeah. like head, for example, always talks about the struggles he had with, with drugs and, and the things they went through, he went through and, and was delivered from. So he's not hiding that at all, but there's yeah. redemption there and, and right. And continued redemption there. But but I think maybe that sort of honesty in the absence of any redemption, that maybe is just self-indulgent. Right. And I think that's the thing that, that you see sometimes now with, in the Christian art scene is they, that somehow it's, it's, a, it's cool to just talk about your struggles without, without bringing the, the answer into it. And I think that's probably where I wouldn't agree with it. I think that it's about um, also knowing what what are we doing and where are we pointing to? I think being careful that we're not um, making our lives the, the focus point or our testimony mm-hmm. the focus. I think it has to, at the end, point to Jesus. And, that, and that's the point. 
if I'm sharing something that then there's enough of it so that I'm so that people can identify with me. So I share enough about what's happening in my life or, or the struggles that I have so that people feel like we're on equal ground and, and, and that's reality. But then it points to Jesus. And so what I take away is, is a, a message about God's love and not about somebody else's life. You know, what I think is uh, interesting sometimes is that people will, you'll pick up like, man, I was so bad and I was doing this and I was doing that. And it's like almost glorifying the bad things in their past. And then I gave my life to Jesus. And then that's it. It's like, so I was having all the fun or experiencing all the great things before I became a Christian. And now I'm a Christian, the end. And I think your your testimony really begins after you come to Jesus. And if you don't have anything to say after you come to Jesus, then I don't know what kind of authority you have. If, you're, if your whole story is just about how messed up you are and how all the terrible things in your life and how broken you are, and that's it, then I don't really know what you have to offer anybody anyway. Yeah, and there's always, I don't know if you guys experience this, but I remember even growing up having this sense like, man, my testimony is boring. You know, I don't have... I don't have these crazy stories and this, like you said, there's this weird, almost pseudo glorification of uh, those struggles and, and making it more about that than, than the redemption. And so, yeah, I think that's obviously what we're all saying here. So the, the next uh, question slash have kind of a statement uh, is from Dirk Bajent. I probably totally butchered that last name. My apologies. It sounds French, looks French. Anyway, uh, can you preach the gospel full heartedly? without talking about Jesus from stage, sort of letting more of your actions speak uh, and, and make people ask questions. So it's, again, very much in our wheelhouse of something we discussed. But what do you guys think? I think that, that you can raise, Jesus would do that. He would <clears throat> raise questions and then people would come and ask him later what it meant. And so for sure you can do that. But for me, the problem is that this is what 99.9% of Christian artists do today, maybe even <clears throat> more than that, is they... They don't speak from stage at all, and and they're they're saying, well, we just want to talk to people uh, after the show. And I think, yeah, okay, but think how many more people you'll reach if you talk about Jesus from the stage. Think about how instead of reaching the the two or three people that you can talk to backstage, instead you can talk to the thousand people that are out in the audience. So so I I think yes, of course, it's it certainly is valid to say that you want to raise things, questions in your, in your music, in your art that people can ask you about later. And I think some people are led to do that. I think, um, and there's nothing again, though, I think you're going to reach way more people. If you build the cross into your show, you're going to, instead of reaching a couple of people, you're going to reach thousands of people. That's why I, I, I'm a firm believer in putting the message into your show. Yeah, I was just going to say that uh, that I can't get uh, the first question out of my head, the Ravenhill question, and I think that all of these are somewhat tied together uh, in the sense that that everyone's asking a similar uh, a similar question. So, Lord, I just want to pray for Ravenhill. I think that they're really trying to figure out uh, genuinely what it means to be all out Jesus and all out rock and roll. And uh, I don't know whether that's possible. Um, you do, though. And uh, we just invite you to permeate their their conversations and their questions and their direction. And, and for every other band just like them, that they would have an encounter with Jesus that would cause them to know the direction they're called to go in. Amen. Mm-hmm. So Amen. Um, I, I would Amen. say that it's, it's hard. You know, it's... Uh, 
you could point to someone like like Brian uh, like Brian in Corn and his experience where he's going back. He's not every night saying, hey, guys, I'm up here for Jesus, even though the rest of my guys, except for Fieldy, really aren't, at least not yet. So, you know, he he could make it really weird. He doesn't. He makes his life uh, very clearly about taking opportunities uh, and, and the time that God brings his way. So, and I've personally seen that. So, I think that it it is possible to preach Jesus without uh, preaching him from a stage, but I don't think that was meant to be the the norm. I think that that is typically the exception, and that biblically it's hard to imagine the gospel having moved out the way it did had the disciples largely kept to rooms where they were behind locked doors, where you know, ha- essentially, had they not gone out and preached. You know, the, the, the instruction we were given is to make disciples of all nations. So how do you do that without saying this is why we're here? But then how do you do that in a way that isn't just rhetoric? And again, I, if, you look at the, if you look at the book of Acts as your example, there's a few, there's a few sentences on community. And there's certainly an a, a authentic church has authentic community. There's a few sentences about how we need to care for the poor and the needy because an authentic church cares for the poor and needy. But 90% of what is talked about in the book of Acts is proclamation. And so I think that that uh, proclamation is something that's critical. And I think what you said, Chad, is really a, an important point. There wouldn't, uh, it's, it's not, yes, there is the offstage com- com- conversations that you can have. And in Head's case, he does he does preach. I mean, he goes, he'll be playing in a big auditorium and then he goes out into the, where they're selling the merchandise and they put up a stage and he's on top on the stage with a PA and he's preaching. So I think that the reason we don't want to preach often is because the cost that comes along with it. That's why it's much easier to say, Hey, I just want to talk to people at backstage, you know, raise questions and they can talk to me backstage. And I, I understand the thinking behind that because it's it's hard, you know, it's hard when you bring a message into your show because it's confrontational and that's that's difficult. But I think that's when you see the most exciting things happen. That's when you experience the most fruit. Yeah, and don't you think it's a bit of a false, like splitting it into two camps or callings? Like people will often say, well, I'm not really the proclamation evangelist. I'm I'm the more relational guy or I'm, I'm the guy that... that speaks with my actions. And I think if we're honest, you know, we're not saying it's easy. There is a cost. It's foolish. The Bible says it is. I mean, all of our, the heroes of our faith, many of them were killed because they were clear with the gospel. So there is a cost, but let's just be honest with ourselves and call it what it is. It's not easy to risk your reputation, your commercial success, uh, you know, you might even be fighting the, your, your own band that, that some, some of your bandmates may not want you to be that clear. Um, it isn't easy, um, but there, it was never intended to be a separate thing. Our lives should show Jesus. Our attitude should show Jesus. We should be proclaiming on the rooftops. We should be proclaiming one-on-one. It's supposed to be a full thing. It's supposed to be a lifestyle thing. And I, I never think, I don't think it was ever intended to split up that way. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, he actually has another uh, question, uh, statement, sort of. Um, This is Dirk again. And he says, does the occasional curse word, talking about Jesus or not, 
make you real slash authentic or does it destroy your witness and make you look like a hypocrite? Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> well, I was, uh, I found uh, that this is an area that I still don't walk out perfectly, but it is an area where I have felt great conviction from the Lord, especially as uh, I watch Christian culture around me become more and uh, and more comfortable with using um, using cursing as a form of just modern vernacular, you know, like, oh, I just have to include an F-bomb because I guess that helps uh, explain what's in my heart better or something. So, but, but I felt very challenged in this area and uh, specifically that my words ought always to build up and our words ought always, <clears throat> sorry, to bring people up to a higher place and um, to, to, a, to a place of being encouraged, of comforted, of exhorted. You know, it's, I want to be prophetic in, in my uh, words and with the use of them. And so it's not that I don't think it's a question of our, it's not a question of does God love you or, or anything like that, but it is a question of maturity to me and a, and a place of why would I choose to talk the way the world talks when I don't have to and, uh, and I can just build, I can build others up instead. And it, it really doesn't help to, uh, I can't remember the exact word that was used in the question there, but uh, to be more authentic or to connect more with people and, I think I understood that was kind of the idea behind it. It's I don't I really don't get how using a swear word or a curse word would help me connect more with an audience. It's it's similar to like the drinking thing. It's like oh I'll drink with them because then I can identify with people. I just don't get that at all. To me, identifying with people and sharing and being part of people's lives and sharing the gospel in a way that makes sense to them, that speaking their language is so much more and so much deeper than that. That's so superficial to me to think, oh, if I try talking like them and acting like them, maybe they'll listen to me. It just doesn't make sense to me. I think there needs to be a lot more sacrificial, like I'm just going to live my life alongside these guys. I'm going to go where they go. I'm going to stay up to when they stay up. I'm going to really understand their hurt, their pain, their questions. And and then I'm going to communicate through my art in a way that they can really connect with. And I think people connect way more to that, to somebody being real, somebody giving their lives for um, for others rather than somebody, you know, using stupid stuff like a swear word or drinking a beer on stage to try to, to connect somehow. Well, and actually I found that it, they respect you more, not less. It's, it's more about, yeah. do you have a relationship with them? Are you, I mean, when I was in university, I had friend, you know, a lot of friends I hung out with smoked marijuana. And so, you know, I would go and hang out with them and sometimes they'd be passing a joint and they would, they would pass it to me and then I would just pass it to the next guy. And I, but I would still be there and talk to him in a de- you know, in that way, I wasn't an outsider, but I didn't participate in the things that I knew were hurting them, hurting them and hurting, would be hurting me. That would not have helped them to, 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 uh, uh, respect me more, and it wouldn't have been a good a good example of what that you can be a follower of Jesus and you can be free from things like that. So I, I don't think that gives you more authority. I think I, it actually gives you less authority, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, and it, for me, it just seems so. Like Luke, I think you really hit on it with the idea of it being so superficial. Is that is that all we think this is? Like just you know, they have their social club and we have our social club and we have our social moral norms and they have theirs and, and, and let's try to, 
you know, close the gap by, by taking on some of their behavior. Isn't Jesus more than that? And, and it's a, to me, it's a maturity thing too. It's like when, when you really, like you said, you, you, you get God's heart for the lost you you actually see God's way of doing things as life giving, and the things that that are destructive that they're participating as is exactly that is destructive, and you don't mm-hmm. want to perpetuate that. They're in bondage to those things, and and yeah. you know I think we really underestimate uh, the power of words, and and words are are no small thing, and and often the spirit behind some of these these words. You know, we can mm-hmm. sound so Ned Flanders like to be like, "Oh, swearing is such a big deal," you know, and and get over it. And how can you think swearing so you know just relax? But I mean, you know, it says clearly in Scripture that we'll be held accountable for every careless word that we speak, and and yeah. you know, how can we bless with the same you know tongue and then curse with it? And and I think words matter. I think you know, God spoke the world in, into existence with words. God, we we come to faith through words. I think words matter and. And I think it's not something to be trifled with, and it's not trivial. So um, yeah, yeah. I would strongly encourage people who are listening to, to take it very seriously. Yeah. And just just one last point on that, Ben. I just think that that people, what people are really thirsty for today is to see um, strength and truth um, in, a, in you know, in somebody living what they're preaching. And that's what people are hungry for. That you know, they hear a message and they want to know: Is it real? Are you really living it? Are you? Does it make a difference in your life? So I think what the scene really needs is people that stand out. People that say, "I'm. I want to live differently, and I want to have standards, and there's strength in that. There's passion in it." Um, I remember we had this this guy um, in Brazil who would book shows for us, and and he wasn't a believer. But he really loved the fact that we were so serious about our show and we had a message. And he would book the shows and it was really funny because he would call the clubs up for us and, and he would say, hey, I have this band and um, they have a show. And, uh, but at the end, you've got to leave them 15 minutes. Um, at the end of the show, they're going to come into the crowd and they're going to talk with the crowd. And um, they have a message so the, the next band can't come on immediately after them. Oh, wow. And um, they have to play at a time before people get drunk. He goes, you know, they've they got to play not too early so people are already there, but not too late because people have to be sober so they can understand the message. It's a very important part of their show. And he would call up the clubs and say this, and he wasn't even a believer himself, but he just thought it was cool that that's what we did, that we took it seriously, awesome. that there was something to it that was so much more than just going out for a show. You know, it's, people yep. need that. They're looking for that. That's so encouraging, and that's, yeah, exactly. And it, I think... I think if we're honest with ourselves, we know that that it's more than just those superficial things. So, um, okay. So the next question uh, is from Jonas. Again, these names. I'm I'm really sorry. Uh, you actually, I've noticed that that you interact a lot, so we appreciate that. Um, he has a, a fairly long question, but the gist of it is is that do you believe that music uh, is always uh, in the category of having to be ministry? Or can a Christian musician still open to ministry opportunities with music, not use it directly as such? That's basically what he's getting at. Is does does a Christian musician automatically have to use it for ministry, or can he just be open to it but not have that be his direct mission? The easy, <clears throat> sorry guys, that I, I keep coughing and uh, Ben probably creating more work for you in uh, in potentially going back and editing. But the first thought that comes to my mind <laughs> is uh, <laughs> is that <clears throat> what um, when when we are consumed 
by and from the love of Jesus, then what compels us is uh, is is such a depth and such a degree of power to to help people understand how beautiful and how incredible Jesus is that we're we're actually excited to look at and look for ways to reach people rather than the well do i have to if anytime we start a question with do i have to do this <laughs> then i wonder if we've already kind of missed the point it's like we get to demonstrate the kingdom to somebody who who's loved dearly by our father and what a privilege for us you know so as soon as it's say, man, I've got to, uh, do I have to go preach or do I have to be ministry? I, like, if anything, the cry of my heart, and, and I am not for a second saying that I do it well, but the cry of my heart is that, Lord, would you help me to continue to be more like you, to, that more Jesus would flow out of me and not less. Uh, so, I, yeah, maybe that helps. Well, I mean, for and me, it's like, like, go ahead. Go ahead, Luke. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe something that, Chad, you say quite often, I think, speaks into this, um, where you're saying, hey, wherever I'm going, whatever I'm doing, I want to I wanna love people. I want to um, show people Jesus and not just at the moment, like, that you're going to go and speak to a group of people or you're going to go and speak at a conference or whatever. And, you, like, you often say, I want to make sure that I'm being Jesus on the way there and on the way back. And I think that that speaks to this as well. I, I don't think it's a good thing for us to try to separate things in our life where we say, now I'm doing ministry, now I'm just living normal life. I think that the normal Christian life should be where we're constantly saying, Jesus, how can I serve you today? How can I be like you? How can I be salt and light wherever you put me? And so whatever the music action or involvement that you have, let it be something that you believe God has called you to and that you're honoring him in that, you know, and maybe it's worship, maybe you're going and preaching the gospel, or maybe it's something different, but whatever it is and everything we do in our lives, it should be for God and turning to him and saying, how can I be truth in, in each situation and, and spread the truth? I mean, it's like when I'm, when I'm buying a cup of coffee from, from, a, from someone, I, my heart will say, how can I talk to them about Jesus if my, if I have the right heart, if I'm, if I'm sensitive to the Holy Spirit, I don't, I think like what everyone is saying, I, I was, I can remember when I was in Amsterdam and I was, a uh, few of us were meeting with this very well-known evangelist and, and everyone was giving their stories about where they had preached or the things that they've seen God do. And, and he said, so do you guys like this cafe? And, and one of the guys with me said, yeah, we come here all the time. You know, we, this is really a great, a great uh, cafe. And then he said to him, well, then you've talked to the waiter about Jesus, right? And, uh, and there's this awkward silence, but it's like there is no, there should be no difference. I mean, I should, should as I draw closer to God, he's going to give me more and more of his heart. And there is no, there is no sacred and secular. I mean, it's all of it's all, uh, all of my heart should be to want it to glorify Jesus when I'm, as I walk closer and closer to him. So I think that's really, uh, the issue is, is I need to, to just ask God for more of his heart and all, and this, that I can't help, but want to tell people about it. Yeah, definitely. But again, I think just, just maybe to, um, hopefully read into what the question may have asked more specifically is, yeah, you can be vocationally like a professional musician, for example. We're, we're saying that's possible. So the, I think one, one side of what we're trying to say uh, is that every person, regardless of the vocation, should 
be making their lives first and foremost about building God's kingdom. And so whether that's in the context of your job, um, that should still be the priority. Um, I would say, however, that for the majority, overwhelming majority of artists out there, it's going to be rare to make your living as an artist. I mean, it just is. It's, it's a brutal business to actually pay the bills as an artist. And so most of us are, are going to be artists on the side, uh, on the weekends, on the weeknights. You know, it's not going to be where we're getting our financial, uh, you know, our income from. And so to those, that army of Christian artists, which is the majority of us, I think the appeal would be, why not, why not go for something that matters? You know, you could use that and you can fight and crawl and do your CD releases and get your Facebook likes and, you know, and it's exhausting and, and, you know, you'll probably never make a dollar. Honestly, that's the cynical response, but it's the truth. Most likely, I guess what I would say is why not? Use that exclusively for God's kingdom. Why not say forget forget the the, the vocational route um, and just go for it? And, and if God wants to provide and if your music blows up and if suddenly now you can provide for yourself that way and the whole time your mission was building God's kingdom, awesome. Um, but if not, you know that, that you use the time you had uh, as a band, as a videographer, as a painter. You use that time for his kingdom and I don't think you'll regret doing it that way. Yeah, Ben, that's good. Uh, I think it's, uh, it is something as simple as um, where our treasure is, then that's typically where our hearts follow. And uh, what we're most passionate about in life, what we're most excited about, will come out one way or another. And, um, and I think it's a whole lot harder um, to actually say, uh, what what Luke and David have been saying, and you know, Lord, just today, help me to see through your eyes, or help me to be like Jesus today. Uh, than it is to just kind of live a uh, live one one side of the fence as as one existence and the other is. Uh, this is I'm around my Christian friends, or so now I'm I'm sort of this persona, and when I'm around other people, I'm a different persona. And, um, it just seems like when we're if we're Going after Jesus, then um, then it's going to work out, and grace will allow us to grow in areas and to accomplish things that we never could have uh, any other way. Yeah. Any final final thoughts on on that question that that area? Well, for all of us to be <laughs> speechless, that's the greatest miracle of all. Um, yeah. So, I mean, those are the questions that we have. Um, you know, I'm tempted to go uh, to dig into our own bag of questions a little bit, but I, I actually really feel like uh, if this one's a little bit shorter and we appeal to you uh, to continue to bring in your questions, I think it's okay. And and I, I think this could be a very critical uh, part of this podcast is to engage with you, um, who the people that are, are listening and have real questions. So please, um, if you are listening to this, um, first share it. Um, we, our hearts are not that this would become some commercial thing. It's, we just, I, I really feel like my heart and our hearts is to encourage you, uh, as an artist, even if you're not as an artist, just as a follower of Jesus, uh, to live radically, to make a difference for him. Uh, and so share this, tell, uh, your friends, uh, and encourage people to listen to this and then, uh, send us in your questions. Uh, we really, really encourage you to do this. And I, I think this could be a critical part of our, of our rhythm here in this podcast. So you can send those in to provoke and inspire at commonlive.com. Of course, we're on Facebook and on Twitter. Um, so you can leave any questions there. 
Uh, and we will really commit to trying to to answer those and 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 hopefully encourage you uh, as you journey along uh, this path of being an artist and and, and using that for ministry. So uh, I really appreciate you guys uh, being here, Chad. We hope you get better soon. And, yeah, uh, thanks. Me too. And yeah, I, I hope this has been encouraging. And uh, we will talk to you next time. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Provoke and Inspire, the official Come and Live podcast. To hear past podcasts, go to comeandlive.com. Got a question for the guys? Send it in to provokeandinspire at comeandlive.com.